0: The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We will talk about, is this finally the moment where the Brewers get hot or are we just set up to get teased again? We will talk a little bit also about if the Brewers were to make the playoffs, why I'd recommend the six seed and not the five seed. I think you could go a lot of ways on that. Uh, We'll also fill out the buck survey that Eric Name put out uh, together. I've actually already filled it out, but I, I have my answers, so I'll read those out to you guys. And then lastly, we'll talk about something that went viral on the Brewers Jumbotron. Mark got friend zoned real fucking hard tonight and we'll talk about being in the friend zone. I've been there, it's not fun. Um, so I'll share some stories from the friend zone in my yesteryear. Before we get started, you know you have to follow me on social media. Tab in the keg on Twitter, tab in the keg Sports on Instagram as well as TikTok. Uh, also on Facebook if you're a boomer like that. Uh, but we're there on all, all those platforms. Um, we are gonna have a lot of content. Content's gonna be rolling um, in the next next few days, so make sure that you're getting on board. Uh, should be fun. We'll have a lot of our sports betting segments uh, with the Badgers, discussing if we wanna bet Badgers, Illinois State, uh, as long and some other fun stuff along the way. And hopefully the Brewers keep giving us good content because that always makes us happy. We'll also uh, want you guys to make sure you're subscribing. If you're already subscribed, great, love to have you. But also we need you to rate and review. Uh, that's really important to us. Get some more people to know about us. Make sure to share it your friends, especially those friends who are bitching about they don't have WSSP anymore. We're, I feel like a perfect compliment. I wouldn't say that we're on every morning, but we damn sure try. Um, so I apologize for not having a Monday morning for you guys. Uh, was a little tired. I prioritized House of Dragon. That was a mistake. I won't do that again to you guys. So hopefully you guys are on board. Hopefully we have everybody in the building ready to roll. Speaking of which, let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and why this might be the time that they're finally getting hot. I mentioned to you guys on Friday night that I had one of the worst experiences at a baseball game. Um, I have never felt lower. Today, I feel sky high. I feel like the highest I've been on the Brewers, maybe since that Colorado you know series or after that Sunday win. Now they end up losing that Friday, that Monday. Then they beat the Twins twice. They beat the Boston Red Sox twice. think like leaving the bachelor party out of Boston uh, when we saw the game on Friday, that was probably the highest I felt about the Brewers. Then they traded Josh Hader and everything sort of changed. That version of the Milwaukee Brewers might be back. But I don't necessarily, we've seen the fun-loving Brewers really since the month of May. The Brewers have struggled. They're three games under 500. now I think two games under 500 since May 31st. All the while, the Cardinals have been absolutely red hot and they won their 21st game in August. They're having one of the best Augusts of their franchise history. To put that in perspective, the St. Louis Cardinals are one of the more iconic franchises in all of baseball. So when they're doing that, that's pretty fucking incredible. And you have to at least acknowledge it. Like, you can't, you, you can't necessarily be like, it's it does suck, yes, but the Cardinals are playing such good baseball that you can't hate on it, really. And with that said, though, the Brewers sort of just were kicking the can. They looked like a team that was kind of on the mat. And now the Brewers seemingly have got off the mat and they are alive. And they are definitely feeling a lot better. And it seems like the team's connective tissue is starting to come together. And I don't necessarily know what changed. I don't know what was that moment, right? But it seems like the fiber is building and getting stronger and stronger by the day. Brent Suter, who I've been critical in the past, uh, I think has played a huge role in this. I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. So apologize for repeating, but Suter met with the media after uh, tonight's win and talked about you know Craig Council uh, calling for him by doing basically a Raptor signal, looked kind of like a vulture. And talked about how it's Craig Tember and we're getting ready to pop a shot. Guys are spending less time on their phone. We're starting to really bond as a team. Now, why did it take this long? I don't know. We can debate that when the season's over. Maybe when we have a World Series ring. Not just kidding. But seriously, like, who cares? I don't care when a team comes together. This is when you should band together and say, all right, we're gonna be something. And who knows? Maybe that Friday game was rock bottom. My dad had a saying when people go through tough times that either they would hit rock bottom or they'd get the help they're needed and figure out before they hit the rock bottom. The Brewers have had a lot of bad moments in the month of August, but that might've been the last one. And that might've been the time where the Brewers were like, enough of this shit. We're a good baseball team. We know we're a good baseball team. Whatever internal shit that we have going on, let's solve it. Let's become better friends. Garrett Mitchell giving that spark to this team, and you can't deny it. You really cannot deny what Garrett Mitchell brings to this ball club. A young guy who hustles, who works his ass off, who has a little bit of power, who has a lot of speed, who's already coming up with big plays. You know, both Colton Long, I believe, on Sunday's uh, postgame, as well as Keston Here tonight, wanted to compliment Garrett Mitchell and talked about Garrett Mitchell. And Mitchell had the big moment tonight with the game tying home run. Hira finishes it off with a two run homer as Hira continues to have a great August and prove a lot of doubters wrong, including his own manager. The Brewers are trying. Are sorry. It feels like they're finding themselves. It's as good as I've felt about the team in two months, honestly. Um, and, and I said, I as I said, there was a there was a brief moment and then it kind of faded away. So when I opened and I said it could be a tease, it's because I've been here before. We've been at the press Jason Alexander trying to hold a win streak tomorrow does not leave me feeling great, I'll be honest with you. Uh, To me, Jason Alexander is not a starter, but Adrian Hauser didn't look like one either. So I don't know if this is a piggyback start. I don't know if this is Alexander for three innings and then Hauser for another three, we'll see. I I couldn't find anything, I looked, Uh, but yes. They can still try to keep it rolling. The Spurs offense now, what? They've had nine runs. They had seven runs, nine runs, seven runs in the last three games. That's pretty fucking good. That seems like a team who's really seeing the ball. Honestly, the only one not seeing it is Andrew McCutcheon, who finally went down in the order. And I think it really helped. There were some big moments tonight where Hunter Renfro being up was much more important than having Andrew McCutcheon. And unfortunately, McCutcheon has not hit his way out of it. And I still think he could. I'm not denying that Andrew McCutcheon can't. But now that you have a guy like Garrett Mitchell, you know, maybe there are more moments for Casting Hira, barring that Rowdy Telez is okay. It seems like he just got scared that he had hurt his knee. Um, I would imagine he doesn't play tonight tomorrow. Maybe it's something he goes on Wednesday or they just rest Rowdy for the rest of the weekend, given the success of Hero recently. That maybe they can rely on him, and Rowdy is just in pinch hitting duties, or Rowdy's your DH, and you give McCutcheon some time off, given the fact that he's struggling. I don't hate either of those ideas. The Brewers are, you know, you can you can all all say what you want about that you gave up, that you quit. I, I know there's there are friends of mine who wanted to put pack away this season, but this is just why you can't there are always going to be these potential moments that a team can finally figure it out. And it it all clicks. And I don't think it's too late for the Brewers. I realize that the Padres keep winning. Phillies did lose again tonight. The second straight loss, they were up seven, nothing. They're down 12-7 last checked, There is that, we do have that going for us. So the Padres will gain a game on the Phillies and be one and a half back with the Brewers also looming at one and a half back of the Padres, and so they are there, and they know that they are lurking. And the Do- and the Padres have to play the Dodgers nine times. Okay, the Cardinals have to play the Padres and Dodgers as well. So it's it's not like the Cardinals are immediately a lock for the NL Central. It looks good. It looks like the Cardinals will be there, but you don't know, right? Craig Tember has been a thing for the Brewers for a long time, and it seems like Craig Tember is beginning. And the team kind of knows it too. Team kind of senses it. And the lineup changes almost also make me think that the manager knows it too. And I did say that Craig will resign after this year. I have no inside knowledge. That is a take that I'm standing on. I'm planting my flag as uh, Uncle Bill uh, Simmons wanted to say earlier or I think late last week. But how people are like, well, kinda, maybe I could see... He's like, no, plant your flag. I'm planting my flag, the council's gonna resign. I just, I think he's kind of worn out from baseball. I I really do. And maybe this is the type of shit that all of a sudden sparks him as well. I don't know. I can't, I just can't give it up. And this is exactly why. And now, could I look like an idiot when they lose two, two, uh, two straight to the Pirates? Yeah, absolutely. Or... They win all these games. They, they come in hot to Arizona and then they fall flat on their face. Arizona's a weird ballpark. Arizona also playing pretty well recently. Um, they have a bunch of their young guys up. The Brewers haven't played the Dimebacks all year. So they have no idea what this team kind of looks like to them. They don't have any books, anything else that always gives you a little bit of pause. And then they had the Colorado where the Rockies are a very, very good home team. But the Brewers, as a team who hits home runs, Coors Field should be to their advantage. But yeah, this is going to be a stretch for them. They have they have two games at the Giants coming home. And even though the Giants aren't as good as they were thought to be, that's still going to be tough. And who knows? Maybe the Giants get hot and start looking like they're in wild card contention. They're on the fringe and San Diego could surely knock them off that fringe, could just kind of give them a quick Jamie Lannister shove off the well and paralyze their chances. It's a little bleak, but you get my drift. So let's see if this is going to be the moment. And we didn't even touch on Christian Yelich. He, again, multiple hits. He's scalding baseballs off his bat. And it just, everything's kind of, kind of feels like it's coming together. And if you don't feel that way, I, I just don't think you're paying attention. These last three games have looked different. They felt different. And I hope you're hope you're getting on board. I hope you go out to see the guys before school starts, everything else, like these last opportunities. I know school started for some people. But go out to watch your, your Milwaukee Brewers. And hopefully, I'm not wrong, and hopefully this is the hot streak we all expected. And hopefully it's not just another tease. Moving on to other brewer topic. I wanted to mention this. I was actually gonna do this as the open. I mentioned this on Monday. About why I don't want the Brewers to be the five seed. And I'm pretty pretty steadfast on this one. I'll also plant my flag on this. I think if the Brewers were to make the playoffs, it's either obviously win the division or be the sixth seed. And there's really no no in-between right there. Okay. Here's why. First of all, I do not think they're reseeding the playoffs. Um, So this is obviously a major caveat. If they're reseeding, I look fucking stupid. But even though, even then, I still feel okay about this take. Even if they're reseeding, I still feel okay. The reason why I think a six seed is more important than the five seed is because if you're a six seed and you're playing the Cardinals, the Brewers have a lot of familiarity with that Cardinals team. Now, will it be a madhouse at Busch Stadium for those three games if it goes three? Absolutely. Do I think the Brewers have what it takes to end it in St. Louis? Yeah, I do. I think they play really well against the Cardinals. I realize they only won one out of three the last time they played, but remember that Cardinals team, as mentioned earlier, they are scalding hot. They are feeling very good about themselves. So for the Brewers to get one was solid, And really, they could have got two. Had they played a little bit better, I think, on that Sunday game, they could have won that second game. And I feel like there's going to be motivation to end the careers of Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and Albert Pools. And if you don't think that's in the back of the Brewers' minds, you're lying, right? I know the fans are thinking it. I know I am. The the idea, the chance of that would be incredible. Now, you could say it's the Cardinals' start to a championship. It's the start of the championship DVD. And, yeah, that would probably make me want to jump off the hone. But at the same time, I I don't think we're going there. I don't think the Cardinals' pitching staff has what it takes. I think Jordan Montgomery could be a legit ace. I hate the fucking Yankees for giving Jordan Montgomery away for absolutely nothing. Uh, But after that, it kind of falls off. I'm still not sold on Miles Nicholas. Dakota Hudson has been bad all year. Jose Quintana, I mean, he's been okay, but when he faces good teams like the Braves, he gets beat. I mean, he got he did not pitch well against that Braves team, and I think you need him to pitch well in those moments, and he didn't deliver. So I, I do have confidence still in the Brewers against the Cardinals, and why I'd be okay with them being the sixth seed. Now, if it gets reseeded, then you have to play the Dodgers the next, next round. Yeah, maybe the five seed is a little more glamorous, but... You gotta remember here, if you're the five seed, you're playing the Atlanta Braves, the, war, the defending world champions at Atlanta for three games. No one wants that. The Brewers, a lot of those guys remember their season ending. Maybe you could make an argument that it's motivation, but who would you rather face in a three game series? The Braves or the Cardinals? I personally would rather face the Cardinals. The Braves are really fucking good. In a lot of other years, the Atlanta Braves are the top team, team in the National League or definitely the team to beat in the NL East. Unfortunately for them, the New York Mets have been a juggernaut themselves, so Braves have not got that distinction and will have to play in the wild card and probably put the Braves at the biggest disadvantage. That said, you know having something like this is exactly why a one-game series would be absolutely stupid because Atlanta deserves much more than that. And if Atlanta were to get eliminated over one game, and it was Atlanta and Philly or Atlanta and Milwaukee, like that would would be dumb. And I think that Atlanta is an absolute wagon. And I I want no part of that. Um, Their pitching staff with Max Fried, with Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, while he's not been as good, he is such an old gritty fuck that when he gets to the playoffs, it's go time. Like he's Eddie Harris from Major League. I don't want to face Atlanta. And then that offense with Acuna, with uh, Austin Riley, they they're just they mash man. Uh, what is it, Wilson? Not Wilson. What's his brother's name? William. William Contreras. Uh, Wilson's brother also really good, really good player. I mean, they got they got guys. Matt Olson. They got they got a ton of dudes. And while I understand the Cardinals could have a Gold Glove or not Gold Glove, well, probably with Arenado, they could have a triple crown in Paul Goldschmidt. And Arenado's great, I, I, like the whole thing. I get it, but I, I just really have a hard time. I really have a hard time seeing the Cardinals being this this sort of deity team. Just because they're playing well this month does not mean absolutely anything come playoff time. You could even make a case that the Cardinals peaked too early. I think I said that on another show last couple week, couple days where I'm like. If I was running Cardinal podcasts, like there'd be a question of like, all right, this team needs to maybe slow down a little bit. Like you can't, it's not sustainable. Now, granted they have a really easy next nine or 10 games. So maybe it continues. Maybe they just forge their way through and it means the Brewers need to keep winning. But yeah, that five seed is not interesting to me because again, the path would be if you win out of the five, assuming they don't reseed, you go to play the Dodgers. That's not fun. Does anyone want to play the Dodgers? I don't think so. Um, And if I can avoid... And also, too, imagine doing a series of the Braves and then the Dodgers, right? Um, That would be no fun. Now, yeah, no, there would be no way that you wouldn't play the Dodgers. Because I'm like, well, well, I guess if they did reseed, then you'd get the Mets. But... I guess the Mets are the less, lesser of the evils. Um, the Brewers will get the Mets in a couple weeks here, and be interested to see how the Brewers play them at American Family Field. Um, I thought they hung in okay against the Mets the last time around, um, but they didn't have to face either Scherzer or Degrom. Both were hurt. I would imagine they're going to see either Scherzer or Degrom or both, and it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Although. I do think the Brewers have an advantage with Scherzer um, and the the short portion, right? So I, that's in a little nugget. Keep that one in the back of your mind in case uh, a Scherzer betting moment comes up with the Milwaukee Brewers. But yes, I am all in on the idea for the Brewers to get the get the six seed or win the division. I have no interest in that five. And even if it's, rec- I guess the only argument is receding, but even then, Atlanta is such a wagon right now. I I want to steer clear of Atlanta. To me, they are right there with the Dodgers in terms of who scares me the most. It'd probably be the Dodger, It'd probably be the Braves, Dodgers, and Mets, honestly, in that order. I think that's I think that's the order, and that's the Cardinals. Um, and not I wouldn't say I'm that scared of the Cardinals. And maybe that's naive of me. Um, the Devil Magic is there, I guess, but it's also a first year manager, you know, taking over a team and. That can that can lead to some problems come playoff time I've seen it before and we'll see it again so we'll see what happens uh, Brewers have a long way to go though um, they need to get back into the back into the mix first uh, before we start having serious conversations about who you want to play and who you don't want to play All right let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks fan survey uh, by the way I, th- I think I mentioned it in the beginning but if I didn't I wanted to talk about the Lafleur article that Kevin Clark w- wrote. I didn't have to get any time to read it today. I have a busy-ass day at the day job. Uh, so I will try to read that tomorrow and have that ready for you for Wednesday's show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I do want to do some Lafleur talk. I think that would be fun. We'll also have a 53-man roster tomorrow. So that, that will probably be a main topic of conversation. But let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Eric Name put out a fan survey for Bucks fans, which I think is great. I didn't know they did this. Um, If he did it last year, I missed it. Um, Eric's obviously a great follow. Uh, So I filled out this survey and here are my answers (laughs) based on Eric's questions. And it's on The Athletic, you can find it there. If you're not a subscriber for some reason, I would definitely recommend it. I think it gives you a lot of great knowledge um, for whatever team you cheer for. Although the Brewers coverage has been lagging. I don't know who's writing for The Athletic, for the Brewers, if anybody. Uh, Will Salmon left for the Mets job. Will did a good job too. Um, and then I unfollowed Will, unfortunately. Um it's nothing against Will. It's just I have too many Mets people in my life. Uh, Mitch thinks I'm a Mets fan, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, I'm not. Uh, I just talk about the Mets a lot because I see it from whether it's KFC, Clem, both from Barstool, Gary Parrish, big Mets fan, Cousin Sal. Like, those are all media members I follow that are Mets fans. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a Ian Rapport, also a Mets fan. Like, you see just a lot of Mets content, you know? Uh, so, anyways, it's here and there. All right, let's talk about Eric Name Survey. So, first question he asked Do the Bucs have enough talent as an organization, players, coaches, front office, et cetera, to win the NBA championship? Yes, 100%. I think the Bucs are the favorites in my mind. I think they will not be made the betting favorites. I think that will be the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think the Celtics will get a lot of love. I think the Nets, because people are stupid, will get more love than the Bucs. But at the end of the day, I think the Bucs are the favorite out of not only the East, but the NBA. I just think with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the unfortunate luck of Chris Middleton, we could be talking about a back-to-back title and a potential Bucs dynasty right now. How confident are you that the Bucs will win the NBA championship? Extremely confident. I just I look at what the Bucs do and know the guys they are and I, I really do believe that this basketball team will finally figure out the three point regression at some point in in the playoffs and absolutely just go on a run, like a 13 and three or like a twelve and four run to a championship. And it's just a dominating performance, not only from Giannis Antetokounmpo, but the guys from the outside. And I don't know, maybe this year is the year. I think it's a little more wide open. Um, even with the Warrior stuff, I, I just don't know how sustainable it is. And that might make me a hater. Draymond might talk about me as old media or some bullshit. But like the Warriors had one awesome year. And they've had a lot of years with trials and tribulations, with injuries. And how are we not convinced that might happen again? Now, if it does, if Curry goes down for an extended period of time, or Klay Thompson gets hurt again, or Draymond's down... Yeah, they do have a ton of pieces there. They have an intriguing roster, but still I'm not ready to buy in that Golden State is starting yet another dynasty with this group of, te- with this group of individuals. Will the Bucs be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference at the end of this year? I believe that to be the case. I think with having Brooke Lopez back for a full season will really help. I think the fact that the Bucs do not have a target on their back, Uh, because when you're a champion everybody wants to play you I have said this a few times on the podcast so I apologize for those loyal listeners but if you listen to Ryan Russell talk to any of the old NBA vets he they the NBA vets always mention who've won championships the next year is so tough because everybody gives you their best effort now do I think guys will give Giannis big time efforts sure absolutely that won't change but what will change is we don't feel like we have to get up for the champions. Detroit doesn't feel like they have to get up for the champs. Uh, Orlando doesn't feel like they have to get up for the champs. But when Orlando and Detroit are playing Golden State this year, they're going to want to make a statement. They're going to want to win that game. They're going to want their fan base to get excited about what's potentially there. And the kids wearing the Curry jerseys are switching to Detroit. Just like how the Bucks would get up for LeBron, or the Bucks would get up for—I wouldn't say Kobe because that's such a long time ago. But no, I, I guess LeBron would be the best answer when you know the Cavs were good and LeBron won championships, or when LeBron was on the Heat. Like you could, you just get up for those games. You, you really do. Do you care if the Bucks are the one seed at the end of the year? So that's an interesting question. I really like that one. And I would say no. Um, While I think the one seed is important, I think we saw the importance of regular season. I think that the idea that regular season doesn't matter needs to kind of be thrown out the window. Um, Mitch and I can probably do a longer podcast on that, so we'll save that for the tickler file. But I I don't necessarily need a one seed. I I really don't. I just need the path of least resistance, okay? So I just need what's going to give you a chance to get into Eastern Conference Finals. And you could argue that if the Bucs came with it a little bit more and were able to get that one seed, which was in range for the Bucs. Like, don't, do not mistake that. Not at the end of the year. They didn't mail it at the end of the year. But if the Bucs would have got that one seed, they would have had Atlanta, who is practically dead, We're not a good basketball team at that point. The Eastern Conference Finals rematch would be absolutely nothing. It would be a sweep for the Bucs. Then you play a Philadelphia team that was kind of trying to find themselves still. Now maybe Philly would have got up for it because of the harden Giannis rivalry, the embiid Giannis rivalry, and maybe Philly plays that a little bit different than how they played Miami. But still, I feel pretty confident about the Bucks against the Sixers, even if Chris Middleton were to go down in this hypothetical world, and that's Bucs-Celtics, and maybe Chris Middleton's able to come back later in that in that series. So I, I just look at it and say, all right, what's going to make this easier? How is this going to work? All right, will the Bucs avoid Miami? Yes. Will the Bucks avoid Boston? Yes. Will the Bucs avoid, or well, maybe they'll play Brooklyn? Yes. If the Sixers are legit, you know, will they avoid them? Who knows? So I, I just look at it like, I don't want to play a team that's going to put me through a dogfight early on. Like if it's between a two and a three and you're a two, you're playing Toronto or a three, you're playing an upstart Detroit team who's somehow made it to a six seed. You're taking Detroit. You're playing Detroit any time of the week. So we'll see what happens. Um, It'll be very interesting uh, in that regard. So other name questions on this. How confident are you in Mike Boonholzer? I said three out of four. I think Bud still has moments where you want to rip your head out, hair out, and you want to just be like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I trust Bud. I think that's more, not as many people can say that. I do think that Bucs fans will start to get testy about Bud if he does not bring a championship home this year, even though it's very hard to win championships, and I say it all the time, but it it will be a stick in people's ass, and especially if George Hill gets playing time, right? George Hill gets meaningful minutes. I think people are going to be very upset at Mike Bluenholzer and the fan relationship with the team, with the coach will start to deteriorate. And I think we all need to understand that Mike's here as long as Giannis wants him here. And once Giannis says, I don't want, want to play for Mike anymore, Mike's gone. It's it's pretty easy. It's cut and dry. I know it's player empowerment. I know it makes it kind of feel icky, but that's 100% a Giannis call. And Giannis will make that call Mike Bluenholzer. How confident are you in general, John Ho- general manager, general, general manager, John Horst, four out of four. I think Horst is great. In horse, we trust uh, the hashtag. I think Horst has kind of elevated himself past David Stearns as sort of the reliable GM. I think Brian Gunek, he might even be higher than Brian Gunek, honestly, because he brought him a championship and he knows what he's doing. The Ingle signing was so sneaky. Um, it was really something the Bucks needed. I think ingles is going to pay off dividends i also think Marjon bochamp is going to have a pretty significant year i think he's going to play really well and so i think john horst's respect within the bucks fandom is going to even grow this year if ingles and bochamp are the guys that i think they're going to be will Giannis be the only all-star i have it as drew holiday um i will say if the bucks are one seed heading into all-star break they better have have two fucking all-stars maybe three um, i've heard some murmurs uh going around that chris middleton might not be ready for the season uh the wrist is still an issue um we're six weeks out um i don't know how much fact i will i will put into that but let me just say that i i've had heard some, heard some rumors heard some rumors uh from a source so We'll uh, we'll sort of see what happens there from the Middleton perspective. And that's why I don't think I'm going to put Middleton as an all-star. Just if I assume he's going to miss the first six weeks or the first four weeks. Again, I don't have any timeline. I just heard the start of the season seems a little bit doubtful. So we're only going to go a holiday besides Giannis. He asked for his favorite buck. I said Giannis. He said favorite buck not named Giannis. I'd probably go with... Portis. It's basic bitch. I understand that, but I, I love Bobby. I love the way he plays. I love that he always acts like somebody pissed in his Cheerios. It's it's a lot of fun for me. So I'm going to go with Bobby Portis. Uh, also, who is the fourth most important player? Basically, the question wasn't phrased that way. I'm rephrasing Eric's question. It was like, out of the big three, who needs to step up? So I, I, I thought about this one. This one took me the longest to decide. And I landed on Brooke Lopez just because of his defense, just because of what he gave to this team at the end of last season. And now he gets to do it for a full year. I'm pretty high on that whole idea. I think that will really elevate what the Bucs are trying to do. So I'm in on that idea, very much in on, in on that. That said, I could make a case that Grayson Allen needs to be better, that I think Joe Ingles will help. Kind of alleviate some of that from Grayson Allen, but Grayson Allen needs to be better. Uh, I think that Pat Content is still very important to what the Bucks do. I think Bobby Portis has times where we really need that energy and he need that spark plug. But I, I think if the Bucks want to win another championship, it is Brooks staying healthy and providing that elite defense. And the guy also was a scorer when needed to be and called upon during that finals run. So I think Brooke is that fourth player for me. And so I will go with Brooke. Last question from Name. Uh, do you like the purple jersey purple jersey come back? I said no. All right. A little bit of hot take here. But here hear me out. So I think the purple jerseys are cool. I get that. But the problem I have is that they're an era of losing for the Bucks. They're a loser color in my opinion for the Bucks. Now Will I go harder on this take if the Bucks like, lose wearing them? Absolutely. And I'll say they're cursed. Um, it'll take two games, three games before I I put the C word around that. But it just worries me. like I not worries me. That's a little dramatic. But it's like, it just is, to me, it's all a sell, sell merch. I get it. But I also look at it and I'm like, do we really want to honor Mike Dunleavy? He fucking chose the colors because he likes Wimbledon. That's it. And there's nothing else to it. There's no history, there's no nostalgia. Like, why not bring back the Irish rainbow? Why not bring back one of the other iconic Bucks uniforms? Oh, that's right, because Gen Z and TikTok don't fucking care about it. Now I'll get off my lawn. So that's that's my answer on the purple. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I had fun. Uh, all right, let's do Chuck's Corner, talking about the friend zone. So man, Mark got railroaded tonight. I feel bad for Mark. Uh, Mark was at the Brewer game. This was said on, let me grab it. Mark, your friendship means the world to me. Let's not wreck it. Oh, Mark. Oh, Marky Mark. That was said at a Brewer game. Now, granted, it's a Monday Brewer game, but just fucking brutal. There is nothing really coming back from that one. I have... I have 0.0 idea how you come back. You have to tell that girl, fuck off, first and foremost. Like you have to, you have to tell that girl you do not want to be in her life. The fact that she put that on the scoreboard, you absolutely need to cut her out of your life. And I get it, man. I've had girls tell me this long time ago, before I met my wife, say, oh, you're, you're gonna make a good girlfriend for somebody else. Heard that a few times, um, and I've had elite moments of getting friend zoned or just throwing myself in the friend zone. Starting college, I wore a shirt that said Chuckles on the back of it. Uh, I was from high school. It was like a student section shirt. Everybody on the football team started calling me Chuckles. I was like, Oh, whatever. You know, I heard that name before. A lot of people called me in high school. It's fine. It all makes sense. And then girls that I just started meeting me would call me chuckles and they were also very attractive because even though it's d3 football they are still cleat chasers and i knew i would never have sex with those women anyone that called me chuckles i was not fucking like 100 percent guaranteed so yes yeah, so that was a a telltale sign and a lesson learned in friend zone but if you're like charlie that's not that bad it gets worse uh, hey yeah I've had some moments um I don't I don't do really well with rejection, so I've had less moments than maybe guys like Mark, where Mark took it too far, went for a kiss probably over the weekend. They had a brewer game planned. He's like, oh, this is gonna be a date, and now he gets a jumbotron by let's just call her Leslie. I'm gonna go Leslie, um, and say Leslie just just rejected the shit out of him. I also think that's a Parks and Rex relationship. Mark Brandanowitz, yes, and Leslie nope. Um So there you go. No, wait, did they date? Can't remember. Someone's gonna need to fact check me on the parks and rats thing. Okay. Back to other friends moments in friend zone for me. Um, I had one where I went to homecoming with five girls. Now, today, that that probably happens at every homecoming. They're just called gay guys. I wasn't gay. but I went, I had I wore feather boas. Like, if my parents were to start questioning. I can't blame them. I can't. Again, nothing wrong with it. But it was, I just thought it was like, cool. I was hanging out with all these girls. What I didn't realize is that none of them wanted to date me. Not a fucking soul. And I remember taking a side of a girl back and like, man, goddamn, that was eighth grade. And then I had people not talk to me and shit like that. Girl in that group of the fit five. Now, granted, that one was fucking kind of stupid. That There's a lot to that. And I, I don't need to get into eighth grade drama from what I remember. But yeah, that getting shut out on that one was was really lame. But that's here and there. But yeah, I, I've been friend zone a few times. And yeah, I think it, it led to not necessarily wanting to get rejected. I was terrible talking to girls at bars. Absolutely awful. Um, i had the confidence of an aunt now part of that also was that i was overweight and things like that and i thought oh i could talk to like girls that are hotter than me. like whatever right and figure it out that was not always the case you know should have probably lowered the standards a little bit might have might have been a little more successful in college but that's okay it's okay because i landed my wife and all's good and she is definitely out of my coverage so which I don't know if people say anymore because it's not, you know, not necessarily PC. But I don't know if this whole last segment was PC. So that's okay. But yeah, I feel for Mark. Um, I I need to know more. Like, can we just get Mark writing into Life Advice on Thursday? Like, if we get Mark on Life Advice or at least, like, talk about it. Um, I'd love to hear uh, what Rusillo and the group would do. Because to me... Life advice is is really a north star to a lot of a lot solving a lot of problems in my opinion in our society. All right, that does it. Hope you guys had fun. This is a good show. I like this one. I, I was like at the end. Sometimes you you get done with these and you're like eh, I don't know. His last like twenty minutes I thought was great. I think the first half was good too, but we finished strong today. We we had that last final kick. So. We'll have another Daily Tap tomorrow. We'll talk about the 53-man roster, see what that looks like. I'm now realizing that I have a ton of fucking content to do (laughs) tomorrow. So that's fun. Um, So we have 53-man roster. Maybe we'll talk about LaFleur if I'm able to read Kevin Clark's work. Kevin Clark, man, that guy is awesome. Uh, He had the Joe Burrow article, too, that I have not read yet read. But everybody... Jumped on him and praised him for, and he deserves it. Um, I I think the concept was really cool. Um, I just have to read it. I kind of want to hear him talk about it with Bill Simmons on podcast, and then I don't have to actually read it. Um, sorry, Kevin. Uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah, we'll we'll talk that. We'll talk Brewers Pirates. Um, anything else that comes across the wire, uh, before uh, tomorrow. So yeah, stay tuned for that, and then yeah, pod pod with Mitch on Wednesday. So Thursday daily, Thursday in the keg. And then maybe something special on Friday. We're doing a test show for something else I'm not really excited about. Um, if it sounds good, which it probably does, the um, guy and I are doing it. We have some chemistry and definitely going to be added to the Tab and the Keg roster in general. Uh, but uh, we, him and I, have to. we want to tape this thing first, see how it sounds. And if it sounds good, we'll throw it out for the people on Friday. So stay tuned for that. Alright, take care of yourself Have a great Tuesday And we'll talk tomorrow, see you. bye